1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12 month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, discounts not available in all states and situations. What was the difference on that last drive to go on?
2: Um, Well, there's some things that are out of our control, you know. Um, There's a couple of judgment calls there, but
0: uh, again, really proud of this defense it's hard to say but uh at the end of the day it's not the way we all envisioned it going um but the way we fought you know um you know i'm proud of these guys
1: trey hendrickson of the cincinnati bengals there was some controversy late in the game and we talked about this earlier in the week and let's just summarize it very briefly the idea that they weren't calling defensive fouls on the Defensive backs trying to impede pass catchers until that final drive of the game. It's like all of a sudden the flags were flying, and there was a sense that somebody wanted the Rams to score a touchdown. That's what happens when all of a sudden you see the flags. And in isolation, there wasn't any particularly egregious call that was made on that final drive, but but it 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 did create a collective sense, Chris, that that somebody was trying to will the Rams into the end zone.
2: All right. Well, I can also say maybe they were trying to will the Bengals into the end zone with the most egregious offensive pass interference we might have saw all year. So, again, that's the game's not perfect. Uh, I understand that. It did bother me a little, too. I get that. We talked about that right after the game when we Sunday night for, you know, the show we taped for Monday morning that, yeah, that was a little annoying. You know, the fact that, yes, the game was first off, You know, no game is ref like that all year, period. No game is ref like that where they're allowed to be that physical with wide receiver and DB. And then we get to the Super Bowl, and yes, they're letting them play the whole game, and we get to the end, and yeah, now the flag came out. But I will say in in both of those instances, to me, they were egregious pass interference, like egregious. If they weren't called, it would have overtaken everything on, on Monday morning. You know, and again, I I would love to go to the Cooper Cup one right now because that seems to be the Logan Wilson one over the middle seems to be the most controversial, but uh, I don't know what order we're going to go in here. Sorry. I would love to show that one first, though, if we can. Is that possible? get
1: to that one first? Is that possible? Here we are. Here we go. Here we go. Good. So, like, this one
2: is different than a lot of other ones, first off. You know, and what I want to explain, too, and if, if, like, Kristen or Courtney, we could rewind the, the first cut there. The first thing I'd like to point out, Mike, is this play is all made for Cooper Cup. It's all made. They know the coverage they're getting, and they want him one-on-one with the middle linebacker in the middle of the field. So it's very easy for the ref to see. It's plain as day. Look, there's no receiver in the screen, really, in that area. You know, the second thing is, okay, first off, contact is made significantly right here. He is body, body moving him out of the way while the ball is in the air. Second of all, for people to think, wait, a left hand on a guy's chest. There's the hold. And a hold. It wasn't
1: interference. It was a hold. It, it was, was a hold. It was a holding call. Right. You could have so called the all is, of it.
2: I mean, you could have called right. all of it. That's, that's my point. So for people to go like, what? First off, it was pass interference. Second of all, it was definitely holding. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's 240 pounds and very strong, and he put – his arm and his hand right on Cooper Cup's chest as he was trying to cross by him. Of course, that slows him down. I mean, of course. And people are insane. I've seen a few players out there going, that's not pass Rears. That's perfectly played. What? No, it's not. That's going to get called almost every time all season long, especially with that type of play where you're singled up in the middle of the field and nobody else is there.
1: The back end of the play, it was a closer call as to whether or not it was interference. They called defensive holding. It was that hand in the chest that impeded.
2: Definitely. And, and, and then that, a little bit the of the. That's the holding. right. No doubt. And then a little bit of the wrap but people around. People focus, right. focus
1: on the end of it. They focus on the end of it. If it's once the ball's in the air it can't be holding anymore because your or nothing. This is all. Like show That's this rewind. Hole. That's this.
2: it. You're right. Rewind this just a little bit right here. This first off, do we, does everybody a little farther guys, does everybody on earth right here really think that Logan Wilson is that quick that he's in this bad of a body position, and now he's going to be on <laughs> glue to Cooper Cup. Okay, that was pass interference. There's no way. There's nobody on earth that could really be in that position and absolutely stop Cooper Cup from crossing him right there, unless you hold the guy. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Like, stop and looking for every conspiracy in the world. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. And and look, you're right. But I think people see the end of it and they think, oh, I got the hand on it. It's a clean play. It was the hold at the front end before yes, the ball was thrown. Right that's what was called and that's what gave the the Rams a a first and and, uh, whatever from the four, first and goal first and goal would be the word that I'm looking for All right, let's go to a non-call that was made on Jalen Ramsey at the end of the first quarter breaking up a pass intended for T. Higgins, Higgins would eventually have his revenge but for now here's a play by Ramsey that that meshes with your view that they were letting them play early in the game, here's Ramsey uh, and uh, let's take another look at it.
2: Yeah, he gets a little of the jersey. I mean, the shirt there, for sure. Oh, there's the there's pull. No anytime, anytime, hey, yeah.
1: we've seen that several times this year. Anytime the shirt is being pulled away from the body, that's impeding the player. Even if it's a pro athlete, you're being pulled by the guy who's covering you.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, again, yes, I'd like to see that call. There's definitely an advantage there to Jalen. He didn't have to do it. I don't know why he did it. He was in position. It looks like he's going to be perfectly fine. You know what's a little different is, is like a true post route. It's a little bit of a different position, like where you know Jalen Ramsey's behind him. He does a very good job of really pulling in an area that's going to be hard to be seen by the refs. But you know, again, I think that's what we go back to. It's a little bit of what's frustrating with the NFL. We see the Super Bowls ref at a totally different way for the most part as compared to the rest of the regular season or even the playoffs for that matter. And this, to me, is something that if you and I were watching games 1 through 18 in those weeks, I mean, it's like 99 out of 100. This is called pass interference, but in this game, it's not.
1: Let's fast forward then to the play that began the third quarter. The 75-yard lightning strike. T. Higgins, as I mentioned earlier, getting his revenge on Jalen Ramsey with the egregious but missed face mask slash offensive pass interference. I guess you could call it either one. But uh, Burrow throws the ball, and uh, Higgins has it as Ramsey goes flying, and Ramsey was livid, and we saw why afterward. There was a grab and pull of the face mask. Ron Torbert, the Super Bowl referee, said afterward that there wasn't grabbing and pulling which tells me he needs to get his eyes checked today cuz there clearly was yeah. it just happened fast but right. that doesn't mean it didn't happen just cuz it happened fast doesn't mean it didn't happen there's
2: the grab there's the pull i mean the guy's head turned around so i would think that's enough of a pull i mean again I, you know that's that's to me this is the most undercalled thing in all of pro football. And I wish that the competition committee and 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 really the NFL would reevaluate this. Offensive pass interference, it, it, it doesn't get called nine times out of ten. I mean that was not only the face mask, he pulls the back of his jersey with the other hand and to really throw him off the ground. So again, I know the Bengals fans are a little upset about the end of the game, but you know, first off you got seven points off offensive pass interference. In a game where you got the Bengals only drove the ball. I mean, they had one drive the whole game. I mean, the Bengals did nothing on offense. They had one drive and then two big passes. That was all they did for the day. It was this play, a big pass to Jamar Chase, and the touchdown drive that get made a 13-10. You take that away. There was no offense from the Bengals in this football game. That was it. It's three plays and one drive. And this, of course, was a huge one. And, yeah, that was double pass interference. I mean, that really is. And I wish the NFL would fix that.
1: I, I, I can't help but wonder when I watch that. And kudos to T. Higgins if he did it on purpose. If that's like a practiced thing... Whereas the ball's coming in, he just finds a way to get a subtle little pull, do it real quick. They don't even notice it. Just you know, just a quick little thing. You do it so fast that they, they, they the officials just don't see it. Hey, it worked. Right. No flags. Touchdown. Right. right. And the Bengals take the lead in the game. So uh, it was a foul, but they, it happened. Just it was. It was so fast, but it still happened. That's maybe a situation where a sky judge could have said. Sorry, that one's coming back.
2: Yeah, I, you're, you're right. That would be one where you look at Sky Judge and go, wait, he gets a real quick look at the replay and goes, oh, my gosh, that, that's egregious. We, we have to throw that. Uh, agreed there. It did happen quick. Holy cow, just settling into your seat again. You're getting, getting oh, all right, here we go. Start of a third, good third quarter, and that play happened right there and totally changed the momentum of the game, definitely. And then the interception right after, and you're going, oh, man, the Bengals got them on the ropes here all of a sudden. Uh, and then, you know, like you said yesterday, Aaron Donald, and that defense stepped up big to, to make them kick the field goal.
1: Last one real quickly, the pass interference call by – Eli Apple on Cooper Cup first and goal from the four-yard line with 138 to play there's Cup there's Apple uh that would have been a tough catch to make. You would have really had to hit the. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Eli apple was going I don't know, on. Is a, that egregious?
2: I, I think it is. I you know I don't even think that last clip. I think the first clip showed he really holds him from ev- from the top of the the, ste- the stem of the route on. I mean, look at this is I think the better angle. You see right here, like he's holding him there, and then literally turns as he's holding him. He's letting Cooper Cup turn him. He gets wheeled around by that. I I thought that was. Uh, I thought that was egregious. I did. I mean, he tackled He did him. have a shot at it. Yeah. He did have a
1: shot at it, too. Yeah. Now that you see it from there, the ball whizzed by so quickly, I wasn't sure. But, yeah, he had a shot at it. All right, but, but like, like you said, if you're not going to call I it know, that's the problem all game long, it right. looks fishy when all of a sudden they start calling it with the game on the line. No that's doubt about problem.
2: it. No doubt about it. That, that is the problem. That is. But, you know, I again, the, the, the first one, I think, was really horrible because you're on an island in the middle there. That one – You know, again, Eli Apple, people want to, you know, get on him. He's in a tough spot. I mean, come on. At what point did everybody in the world think Eli Apple was Jalen Ramsey? I mean, again, some of the plays we're talking about with Eli Apple, he's on an island with Cooper Cup. I mean, nobody's been able to do that all year long. Why does the whole world think Eli Apple was the guy that was going to shut him down? Like, why does he become a meme on social media because, like, he didn't play good in this game? You know, that to me a little bit is where I want to go, well, I mean, again, you got we know the expectations of the players there. Cooper Cup is, wait for it, greater than Eli Apple. I mean, shocker that he beat him man-to-man. They had the Bengals in some tough spots. Defense coordinator had to, had to make a choice. Do I want to let him run up the middle, or do I want to roll the dice and be one-on-one with Eli Apple? And that's what he did, and, you know, that's the repercussions of that.
1: All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, a couple of potential rule changes looming or maybe not changes as the case may be, as we get deeper and deeper into the off season, we'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable And the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
1: There's Tyree Kill running to the end zone in the division round win over the Bills. The taunting that was missed, the activity that sparked last year's point of emphasis. For the second time in seven years, the NFL made taunting a point of emphasis. The rule has been on the books for years. Last year, the NFL wanted the officials to enforce it more aggressively than they had. The problem is, Chris, they may have enforced it too aggressively in 2022. And my understanding is that as part of this offseason, they're going to take a closer look. At the calls that were made, the calls that weren't made, and try to come up with a better way to teach the officials when they should and shouldn't pull that flag. And I think there's a concern. I know there's a concern that sometimes the officials are looking for taunting when maybe it isn't there. And the other side of it is they're missing it when it happens sometimes. Like on that play when Tyree kill clearly taunted as he was running into the end zone.
2: Right, uh, those are the ones that I, I, I. mean, again, I don't really care about those ones. I wish they would let that go. That's just football is fun. That's the way it goes. You know, we've talked about this a lot, I, and I, I, would, I I'm encouraged by these statements or to hear this. You know, it, it sounds like the NFL realizes that common sense was not used a lot of the times with this. Again. I mean, Cassius Marsh doing a karate chop kick 40 yards from the other team's sideline is not taunting with the dumbest call in the NFL this year, right? So there was a bunch of those where I feel like every week we had a few where we went, you know, again, I don't even care if people are face-to-face and yelling at each other as long as it doesn't cross the line. Like you've said many times, it's an emotional sport. You know, know, we know it when we see it, when it crosses the line. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster hovering over Vontez Burfect after he hit him when he wasn't looking. That's when it crosses the line. You know, you want me to go to my, my good phrases? You know, all of those things. Standing over guys, man junk in your face, throw the penalty. We got it. You know, that, that's what I want to see. I don't care about a little emotion or a little bit of like, hey, you know, we're coming for you next play. That's not taunting.
1: Yeah, and and I think that the problem is there was so much pressure from the league to throw those flags, it caused the officials to go too far one way. Yeah, definitely. They just have to find a sweet spot, but they they continue to be committed to the idea that they don't want a bad example to be set for other levels of the sport with the in-your-face stuff. The men, I can't even say it. They don't, <laughs> they don't want anything dangling in anyone's face. Right. They don't want it to be about that. But there are times where it is emotional. You're going to say something to someone after a play. If you get ear hold, and you think that that was a, an illegal hit, uh, you're going to stand up and say something. Matt Ryan one game thought he had been hit, and, and, yeah, the and, and Bills it was game. a late hit. You're and right. he got up and said something. He got flagged for taunting. It's, right. uh, that's where it's not really taunting. And that's where you're expecting guys to be robotic, Right after the play ends, and yeah, that's not unrealistic yeah. to expect from human beings. The overtime rules, this is something we mentioned during the pregame show on Sunday, but it bears repeating. Here's where the wind's blowing currently. Hashtag currently. And you always need 24 teams to, to agree, and it would probably be a one-year change. You know how they do the one-year change and make sure everything's okay, and then they do the permanent change. But it may take more than one year because it would be a postseason thing only. Regular season overtime – doesn't change postseason what they would do no gimmicks nothing cute very straightforward if the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown the other team gets a chance to match it period that's it and then it's sudden death after that so there still is benefit in winning the coin toss but it doesn't become coin toss hey I get the first crack at the victory in sudden death unless both teams score a touchdown and it remains tied after that and the key is and we go to that Bill's Chiefs game if the Bills had scored, they get a choice. Go for two and go for the win, assuming the Chiefs had gotten seven, or kick off and understand that if the, the Chiefs score even now. a field goal, the game's over. Right, yeah. right.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, you, got, you have power there. If you lose the, the, coin, the coin flip and, and give up that touchdown, there's, there's a little something there. I think this is great. I think it's just right. You know, one, um, you know, I look at it where I, I like the postseason aspect of it because I think a little bit of what we saw – You know, postseason's the best teams, and it's usually the best quarterbacks. And, you know, to get into one of those games in that situation and not give, you know, arguably the best player in the sport a chance to have the ball, that's where it's frustrating. It is. And I think especially with postseason football. So uh, I can get behind it, no doubt about it. You know, we, we, it's, it's, just, it's two out of what, four years? We've seen really the best player in the sport get burned by it. We saw Mahomes get burned by it in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. Uh, I think this is the right thing to do. I actually like this one, and I'm usually Mr. Traditional, let's just stick with the old rules.
1: It doesn't extend the game unnecessarily. Right. Uh, except when it, it's, it's worth extending the game. In the postseason. Yes. That's the key. Regular right. season, no effect. Postseason, a greater sense of fairness and equity. And you may want to think about res- choosing to kick. You know, he, he, I, I that, that's a topic for another day if they make that change. But let's put a pin in that idea. Maybe, just maybe, if you know you're going to get a possession no matter what, maybe there's value in choosing to kick. Think about that one. We're going to take a break. When we return, we talked about how... The voting process may have kept Aaron Donald from being the Super Bowl 56 MVP. We're going to do a draft of the most egregious Super Bowl MVP decisions when PFT Live continues right after this. All right. We talked yesterday about the Super Bowl MVP process, whether it should have been Aaron Donald instead of Cooper Cup. They asked for votes too soon. Yada, yada, yada. So today's draft. The most egregious Super Bowl MVP decisions. Trivia question. We know some of you like the trivia question. You get one. Christopher, a.k.a. football historian, who is the youngest ever Super Bowl MVP? I know this one. Man,
2: you do know this one, huh? I'm, I'm not. I think I do. Okay. I know. Hold on. Just, I mean, this is not my answer. I'm just talking out loud here. I know Mahomes is very young. I want to say Malcolm Smith was very young gosh was santonio Holmes? all right i'm just gonna go with patrick mahomes
1: i think it's time who to, is it oh wow i was wrong i thought it was mahomes who is it
2: oh it's marcus, marcus allen. allen i knew that damn it wow. damn it i'm mad i missed wow. that one
1: i knew i it. was wrong i would have <laughs> said mahomes
2: oh i knew it was marcus allen too gosh mahomes
1: is third man marcus allen Litts I'm really won. mad
2: I didn't miss the Marcus Allen had one. I, I really thought about it and had him on my mind before this segment started, and I choked under the pressure. Go ahead. Make your pick.
1: All right. Uh, boy, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. There's one player who shows up multiple times. I'm going to start with one. Um, I'll start with Dexter Jackson because that is the, the prime example of why the voting shouldn't happen until the game was over. Because if they waited until the game was over, it would have been Dwight Smith. He had two pick sixes. Two pick sixes in the Super Bowl, and he's not the MVP uh, because the votes were in, and it was locked in on Dexter Jackson. Dwight Smith has the late pick six. Yeah, it's garbage time, but still, he would have been the MVP if they did the voting after the game. So I'll go with that one.
2: I I think he would too. I'm with you. I mean, just still, it's two pick sixes. You're right. Like you know, the game was in hand. The Buccaneers were winning. You know, but yeah, I think it's the early voting. The fact that Dexter J- Jackson, you know, got his two interceptions—I believe they were both in the first half of that football game, right? Uh, he he got the added advantage of that. I mean, definitely. So that that's one certainly that was on my list. I'm with you, Mike. I think the 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 one I'm going to go to next is is um, Tom Brady in in 2001, the first Super Bowl against the the Rams. I mean, again. It's, he threw for 145 yards in one touchdown. I mean, he had 92 <laughs> yards before the last play of the game. I mean, the last drive of the game, 92 yards, right? To me, that's egregious. Ty Law, the story of that game was it was the greatest show on turf, only scored 14 points or 17. What was it? It was 20 to 17, 17, 40 I think it was 20 to 17. They they stopped the great Rams offense. That was unstoppable. So that to me, and then Ty Law had a pick six in the football game, along with a lot of other great plays to go along with it. That one to to me makes no sense. That was one where it was just like, well, wait, uh, let's just go with the quarterback, and that should have never happened.
1: I will see your Tom Brady Super Bowl 36, and I will raise you Tom Brady Super Bowl 49 when it should have been Malcolm Butler. One of the great plays, one of the great moments of any game in NFL history when Butler jumps that route, film study, Bill Belichick, Ernie Adams, they knew it was coming. Brandon uh Bolden, no, not Brandon Bolden. God, I can't remember the name of the guy, the defensive back, well, he the played guy, for the Seahawks. The, yeah. And your, then was on the Patriots, your, uh, Brandon uh, Browner.
2: Brandon Browner, that's it, he, right.
1: He he kept the pick, he kept the pick from happening. Yep. Butler was supposed to be picked. He knew the play was coming, too. He prevented, I think it was Jermaine Curse from picking right. Malcolm Butler and allowing him to pick it off. But Butler should have been the MVP of that game.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you there. That, that's another one. I mean, it, it's a that was certainly the marquee, the play of the game. I will say Brady, again, they were down, what, 10 points to yes. what we thought was the greatest defense we had seen in a long time there. So I, I can at least understand that. I at least can get behind that one a little bit. But you're definitely controversial. There's no doubt about that. I'm with you there. Um, All right, next one. Damn, I'm going back to a Patriots Super Bowl, but not Tom Brady. I'm going back to Eli Manning in 2007. Again, it's the undefeated Patriots. Nobody had stopped Tom Brady and Randy Moss and Wes Walker the whole year. right? The MVP of that Super Bowl, Justin Tuck. The story of the game was the Giants pressured Brady with four. That was the story of the game. It's all anybody ever talked about the whole game. They're getting there with four. Their D-line's dominating. They're getting there with four. They got a chance to win because their pass rush is dominating the game. You know, We're still talking to this day. You want to beat Tom Brady? You got to be like the Giants in 2007 and get there with four. I mean, we, we literally said that like three weeks ago when they were playing the Rams in the divisional playoff game. Justin Tuck should have been. Eli Manning was 19 of 34. 250 yards he threw an interception in the game his greatest pass of the game was a great catch the greatest catch ever not even a great throw so that to me is another one where it was just like well no, we don't know what to do just give it to the quarterback justin tuck should have been the mvp of that super bowl
1: breaking news chris sims hates tom brady and eli manning Boom. i would have never known that we'll put it down do right round in three. stone around <laughs> well, three when pfd live continues right after this All right, there are the first two rounds. Round three of the most egregious Super Bowl MVPs. I'm going back in, uh, to one that is very near and dear to my heart. I'm going to go back to 1976. Fred Biletnikoff won the MVP of Super Bowl 11 with this stat line: four catches for 79 yards.
2: And what was Stabler's <laughs> stat MVP. line?
1: Do you know? St- well, not Stabler. Clarence Davis. Clarence Davis had 16 carries for 137 yards. Oh, my gosh. Clarence what Davis the was the MVP of that That's game. That's right.
2: They, number 28 on the Raiders. Yeah, he went off in that football game. How the hell did that happen? That might be the worst one of all. Good job by you. know you. What, what, it,
1: what, what it was, Boletnikov made a big catch and run. And he was like that rickety, like, how does he do it? He had a 48-yard gain that kind of felt like the moment the game was over. That doesn't make him the MVP. Right. It doesn't make him the MVP. Man. Uh, It should have been Clarence Davis.
2: No doubt about it. Wait, who did they beat in that game? I can't remember.
1: Uh, They beat the Cowboys. No. Make your pick, ass.
2: They they played the Vikings. (laughs) Cole, make your pick. Um, How about Cooper Cup? I'm going to go there. That's my last pick. I think that's the most egregious wow. one. I'm sorry. Aaron Donald should have been the MVP. and for my two mo- touchdowns. I know. And for my money, I probably would have been on Stafford second. I get that. I get it. I don't like to be bad on Cooper Cup. I love him. But hey. Aaron Donald should
0: be the MVP.
1: Honorable mention, Peyton Manning, Super Bowl 41. It should have been Dominic Rhodes. See you tomorrow. See ya.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?